podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good evening and welcome to the, I was going to say the Fatback 4, it's not the Fatback 4, it's the Midweek Fix and um, oh Jesus, what a week it's been for Liverpool, what a week it's been for Liverpool. Um, Porto 1, I'm making mistakes on these all the time, I have Porto 1, Liverpool 3, I don't know why, it was Liverpool 5, we're going to talk about that game, we're going to talk about definitely about Curtis Jones, we're going to talk about Man City game coming on Sunday and we're going to actually talk about some winners and losers as you know and we really, really, really like doing that. This show is brought to you by Manscaped this week, Um, manscaped.com, go there, use LFCDT and you will get 20% off and free shipping. um, who have I got with me this week? Who have I got with me this week? Let me see. I have Jamie, I have Shawnee, and I have Conroy with me this week. Lads, how are we? Jamie, I'm going to come to you. Manscaped um, sponsoring us this week. Shawnee loves them. Um, he gives the best uh, feedback on, on Manscaped ever. But um, I was just about to, I just want to ask you a quick one, right? A quick one. Um, no, no, not about your grooming no. habits. Not this week. We try it next week. But the Liverpool squad headed off to Porto um, during the week. Which player do you reckon is best suited to manscaped when he heads away on a European trip? Ooh, who's a who's a manscaper? Uh, I'll be honest. You've got you look at Big Verge. He's just so smooth, calm, and collected. He, he smells immaculate. We've been told by players that have come up against him. There's absolutely no way he's packing a big bush down there. He is sleek, sharp, and fresh as ever. Without fully, a shadow, fully clean shaven. Do you think, Jimmy? Fully clean shaven. one hundred percent, mate. One hundred percent. No time for any of that messing down there. Yeah, I, I think Verge is an absolute great show. I have to be honest with you. And I'm not going to ask Shawnee because he lists them off. He loves so many players in this squad and he gives us details that would go beyond um, what we need at 10 o'clock. And look, he's thinking. I can see him thinking, look, which which fellow will I choose? But look, did you take a pl- the plunge, Gav? Did you have a go? Or did you have a go? Oh, with the old yes. Players? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, me, Shawnee, Grizz, and Keith went absolutely insane on it. Um, I won't say anything else, but don't even bother asking Conroy because the correct answer is Thiago. Move on. All right. Okay. And you mentioned Thiago. That's a good show. That's a good show. Jamie gets gets all roiled up when you mentioned Thiago. I've done enough about thinking of Thiago's flute, so I'm I'm done for a while. (laughs) For someone else. (laughs) Right. Let's get into it. Um, Of course, Liverpool went to Porto in the Champions League game week two and came away with a five-one emphatic win um, in Portugal last night. It was a, a brilliant result, and it leaves us on six points out of six in the group following that win at home to AC Milan or Anfield. And Shani, I'm going to come to you first because um, when you look at the when you look at the lineup um, and when you look what he puts out, right? Um, is it a case of after what happened at the weekend, he's going, I'm putting these out and I'm I'm basically making them go again. Yeah, I think he, he actually alluded that to himself in the in the post match, saying that he just wanted to kind of get it out of the system and he, they did, really. I think that's what Klopp even said himself. I think they might have been watching the game the weekend because they did kind of start really direct, but we dealt far better with the trip. Um, there was a massive difference for me last night that you could see the fact that Fabinho was on it because so when he was on it 
There was no loose second balls. There was nothing for them to latch on to. He was just going around mopping everything up. So it was bad. The, the Trent admi- uh, admission, it's pretty much what you'd expect. And to be honest with you, a European away game, I have absolutely no issue with, with Milner going in there because that's sort of what you need in these games because it can be like going away in Europe. Force 10 or 20 can be nervy because you're in these stadiums and they can be like cauldrons. I know last night was pretty quiet there, but <coughs> yeah. they can make it difficult. And riding, riding out the initial 10, 15 minutes is, is always really important. And that's exactly what we did. Kevin Ball says dominated them the whole game, needed that type of performance against City um, on Sunday. And we will get to that later, Kev. But, but Jamie, coming to you. We've seen against AC Milan, he rests a couple of players, players of Van Dijk probably being the biggest one. And when you see that three-all draw against Brentford, it was just a mad game at the weekend. You know, there was issues around us defensively. We are quite good going forward. We did miss chances, but I think it definitely affected his, his decision on, on the lineup last night. Um, I think if we'd have beaten Brentford, I think he probably would have went in and changed a few more, but it was definitely a case of putting it right and just, you know, putting that the whole Brentford thing to bed, even though it was a draw. Do you know what I mean? Particularly at centre back, I'd say. Um, like I, I thought you lads know that I talk about rhythm a lot. And off the back of the Brentford game, where I think it's fair to say we probably weren't at our best defensively, particularly uh, the two lads at centre back were given a tough time. I think all they'll have wanted to do was get back out there and, and right the wrongs of the Brentford game. So I think that probably was the one area um, where you, you could have quite comfortably seen us rotate. Uh, I think Canate and Gomez came in and did, did well against Norwich. Uh, but given, I suppose, how that Brentford game played out and the fact that we've got City at the weekend, I think that probably played into Klopp's thinking and just said, right, Virgil, uh, you know, Joel, get yourself back out there, get yourself back into the right frame of mind, put in a good performance and we'll, we'll go into City bouncing. And to be fair to them, I think they did. And the, the thing that I loved is when we conceded the late goal, I think there's a video going around. They were all absolutely fuming that they can conceded a goal, even in the situation where we were comfortable in the game. They hate conceding goals and, and that's the type of fire you want to see going in ahead of City. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just the frame of mind is huge. You know, we, we've made a lot about City getting beaten by Paris Saint-Germain last night. And all right, it's early in their group, but they've still lost midweek, gone away. I'm not saying they got the run around. I think they had the majority possession and chances and stuff, but they still come back off a defeat and one that'll hurt away to PSG, whereas we've gone away and won. And any sort of edge you can get going into any game, regardless, I think is, is important. Conroy, you know, the lads mentioned there about um, the lineup. Milner going in at right back and um, keeping that centre half partnership from the weekend and, and, and the midfield and stuff like that. And f- for you going into it, was it one? Did you expect changes or did you think, no, I think he's right in what he's doing here? Or could you see anything different going to happen? Because, like I said, he, may, he made changes against AC Milan last week, the week before. Um, to be honest, Gav, um, before I'd done the, the kind of pre match show, I did. When I saw the lineup, though, it started, it started to make a lot more sense. I know Jamie had mentioned in Klopp's pre-match, he mentioned rhythm. But I kind of took a step back after that show and thought, Liverpool drew 3-3 with Brentford. Probably looked the most um, vulnerable they looked defensively for a long time. The full-back four, and, and you can include Alisson in that. And he's probably thinking that if I ch- chop and change this tonight and they have a great game, he's still going to start with a good chance at least four of that five against City. So he's probably thinking that the best thing to do was stick with that team last night. And it proved evidence. That's why he's one of the best managers in the world, because that's exactly what happened. I mean, I was very critical of Andrew Robertson 
thought that was his worst performance for Liverpool at the weekend. He couldn't do anything right. Everything he was getting wrong, he had to run. But these were like small snippets I thought as a game. And we all know I'm a massive Robbo fan. Always going to stick up for him, but he just wasn't good enough. Um, and he was really sharp last night. I feel like I saw a few tweets. People were saying that he's heard the slander and he was going to try to prove a point last night. And it's not just Robbo. There's a, probably a few who are actually as good and probably better. But you just can tell he looked sharp last night as well. So... The decision-making was super because now we go to City, we've got our tails up, we're buzzing for that. And it looks like a few players, like you mentioned, Fabinho and that, Van Dijk, they look sharp after that now. And I can imagine if, say, uh, Van Dijk had been rested or maybe Shimakas had came in, I did think Shimakas would start. But then people would be, if he played well, they'd be wanting him to start at the weekend. So with that being the same back four, I feel like it does it does stay, put us in really good stead for the Man City game. So I think it's outstanding management and that's why we shouldn't we shouldn't we shouldn't try to overthink what he does because he backs up a lot of what he says. So yeah, the only one I was a little bit uh, intrigued to watch Gav was the Milner one to see how he'd get on against Luis Diaz. But within ten minutes you're like, no bother, this'll be fine. Um, it did actually feel very similar to previous ga- games against Porto, got to be honest. I think that's a yeah. bit uh, poor um, if they've not changed it in any way and I thought they had this season I'd heard rumours of that before the game the, the like pace. what Conroy said it, it was like Groundhog Day yeah, I, was waiting yeah. for Bill, I was waiting for Bill Murray to knock on me door <laughs> I know, I I know. and when you <laughs> take your like Liverpool hat off you're like see if you're actually a Portal fan you'd be pulling you'd actually be pulling your hair out the, the same thing they're just they give they us so much space keep, they can't keep up with the intensity that's what's wrong yeah. I think they're technically very good. I think they're quite well organised and they've some good players. But the intensity Liverpool play at and keep turning up and playing them at, they can't keep up with it. And and it's probably a, a reflection of how intense the games are probably in Portugal for them. Because I read but they somewhere. dominate the games in Port- well, Portugal. Well, that's the thing. But at, 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 their own, at their own that. pace. At their own pace. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, like I read something yesterday that they hadn't conceded a goal at home in in all season or something, something ridiculous yeah. that was their, that was a first loss at home since Chelsea last year Portuguese yeah. leagues are far cry from playing us lads that's what I'm like, saying it's the intensity of a shiny like, George we, we don't really realise it now but we're like remember years ago when we went in the Champions League and you used to watch Bayern and Barca and Real that's us now mm. that's the level of team that we are yeah, so, no, absolutely. Re- re- remember but when you like if you yeah. if you're a neutral watching us now. Now there's very few neutrals that we know that watch Liverpool. Mm. But if you're a neutral watching us now, like we are one of those elite sides. Yeah. So like it, it it's a different sport kind of when we go. But do you not think there's other teams think are, are more adaptable though, Shawnee? What I mean by that is I think Port Port yeah, not playing for hands as such, but they feel like they can't you, you get look, out of that when the players. You look look for example there tonight against United, like a Villarreal, like they would they would have to dog it out a lot of weeks in whereas Porto weren't used to that yeah. and oh, oh, not to go off not to go off point but that's what actually ends up killing PSG in the latter stages of these tournaments is that when they're playing meaningless league games in March, April, May the intensity is not quite there for the knockout stages in the games and that's what you see like that's where the difference of quality comes in with, with Liverpool and it, it, one thing that can make up for that is a packed stadium and a raucous atmosphere that can just act as sort of an equaliser but they just aren't on their level that's what we were talking last night before the game and I said I, I, I'll be brut- I'll be bluntly honest on what I said I said lads I'm not worried about all here these are actually shy and they are shy <laughs> not to take away from Liverpool but that they are shy compared to us Do you know what it is though as well though Gav just to, to yeah. jump in the thing I think that 
we don't realise with Liverpool sometimes is, is is the fear factor is absolutely back. But the way that we play, we're like a coiled spring. So you kind of lull teams into into a false sense of security, whereas Porto are comfortable on the ball. And then all of a sudden, all it takes is one or two quick breakaways at the start of a game. And they go, holy shit, where did that just come from? And Liverpool have got runners, you know, the red arrows up front, yeah, albeit now with Jota. The speed at which we break at, and there's a, there's a history of us absolutely spanking them before those type of things live long in the memory. So then all of a sudden, 10, 15 minutes into a game, they're more tentative with how they play. They don't want to make a mistake because they know we'll turn it over and be away quickly. And the fear fact that this is this is a Liverpool team now that looks like the Liverpool team of old, i.e. when we were basically winning everything. We have our spine back. We have our structure back. We break at speed. The pressing, which I'm sure we'll come on to at, at some point during the show, we're like rabid dogs again. We, we literally suffocate teams to the point that, you know, you're playing away from home and teams can't get out. They literally have nowhere to go. Um, so we must be an absolute nightmare to play against, particularly as Shawnee says, if these teams are so used to having it easy and then they come up against us, it's a, it's a whole new ball game. I want, to, I want to show you something because Robertson was mentioned there and, you know, we're going to get on to Curtis Jones, I think, definitely. Um because he was just fucking outrageous. I hope so. <laughs> but Jamie, I want, I'll stay with you and I want to show you something, right? And that's the passing network versus Porto and it shows a bit of a, an average position as well. And what we've seen throughout the start of this season, particularly when Harvey Elliott was in the team, was you'd see Trent um, and on this you'd see right back, right centre midfield and right winger in a very close triangle where they're, you know, outnumbering that side of the pitch and they're making things happen, right? And yesterday I flipped and uh, that was the first stat I went looking for last night after the game. Where were the average positions and where was the network of passing? Because if you look there, you can see left back, left centre midfield, left winger. And they all get um, right on top of each other and they outnumber. And they, they look at Manny and Robertson looked somewhere back to their best for me last night in how how direct they were, how physical they were, how, you know, they just weren't given a minute to Porto and they were just full of ideas and running and stuff like that. And it made me wonder a little bit, Jamie, like, do we sacrifice one side of the pitch for the other? Because what what, what we've seen in, in previous games is we've been raving about, um, you know, we've been raving about um, Harvey Elliott, Trent and Salah. And people have been kind of looking at Robertson and looking at Mane and saying, oh, well, they're not much that output. But when you when you flip it over, right, and go back probably 18 months, it, it was it, it was the other way around. We used to do this yeah. down the left and Salah used to be just look to, look to expose and. Just did that ch- change in play last night, Jamie, to me, just emphasised what each side of the pitch needs to actually fully fully get what they're trying to do and, you know, fully expose other teams. I, I don't know if I'm putting this right. I think you know where I'm going. No, 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 absolutely. I, I, it was interesting to see at the start of the season, and we spoke about this on, on previous shows on a Wednesday, it really looked like design by design that Harvey Elliott had built up a relationship with Mo Salah and Trent. And we did a, a couple of these kind of passing networks or average positions when Harvey was fit. And it was the mirror image, but on the right-hand side, they were looking to create overloads on the right. And you could see that we were at our most dangerous. We were occupying uh, fullbacks. A lot of the time it created the space then for Trent to come in and influence a little bit higher up. And and what that meant on the other side, and you're dead right, you can't be as expansive on both sides because then ultimately then in the middle you'll you'll struggle. So usually then it would mean whoever was on the left would probably tuck in a little bit more, be a little bit safer in possession. And then in theory that would leave Robertson and, and Mane more isolated on the left. 
Now with Curtis coming into the side, I feel like Klopp is trying to mirror what he did with Harvey, but on the left, because Jones likes coming from the left. Automatically, he kind of he, he's got a bit of a swagger about him. He drifts in and out of that left pocket. He links up well with Mane and Robertson. And it's absolutely no coincidence that I thought that was probably the strongest our left-hand side has looked for, for a while in terms of threat. Um, but what it does, if you have a player like a Harvey Elliott or a Curtis Jones who are... I don't want to say in the Grealish mode because I think it's easy to make those type of comparisons. But what I mean, Phil Foden, Grealish, take your pick. A, a, a player that is comfortable taking the ball in any situation. So when you've got a team that are sitting in, they'll pick up pockets, they'll go, they'll, they'll break lines, they're comfortable recycling the ball. They drift in and out of positions and it leaves then Robertson, Mane, more space for them. And it must be an absolute nightmare for teams to defend against. So I do, I think it's, I think it's absolutely by design. And what that means then is Henderson can tuck in a little bit more on, on the right hand side and will probably be, particularly now with Milner, probably a little less expansive on the right um but yeah i think it's i think it bodes well uh, and i think you're going to see curtis jones who i know we're going to talk about a lot growing influence in this team to a similar nature it, that, that harvey elliott was starting to do before his injury and um, meme uh, with a super chest is watching us play teams off the park in their own backyard and then seeing villarreal dominate united for 90 minutes with their divas just shows how far ahead we are we're a completely different unit to manchester united um we're so far down the road from, in my opinion, um, as uh, even as a club at the moment, um, from top to bottom, on the pitch, manager-wise, structure, everything. Um, you know, they're still a massive, massive club, but I think when you put all these factors together, I think Liverpool are, you know, theoretically, like, miles ahead of them. In, it's in it's an identity thing for me, Gav, just on United, because a lot of people chirp up about United and people say, oh yeah, Solskjaer is let, you know, they're, they're not far behind in the league and all this stuff. They have no identity. And the the reason I say this is, you look at Liverpool, they have a clear philosophy. I'd say even Tuchel in an, his, his early stages at Chelsea, even though they've struggled a little bit um, uh, last couple of games, but they have an identity, a clear identity. Manchester United are a team full of individuals and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has relied on individual brilliance for a long period of time. It's not sustainable. Liverpool have a clear path to success and you know, I, I think the fundamentals of Liverpool have been there for a very long time. Manchester City have an identity. Manchester United don't have an identity. They don't play great football. They just rely on a superstar having a good day and hopefully they, they win games. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's just and <coughs> anybody watching this thinking, oh, that's just Liverpool fans, Tanya, you know, commenting on United. I think it's fairly obvious. Um, when you're it's it's at, so obvious, Gav. It's, yeah, this it is. is the thing. If it's honestly the the social thing is it's so obvious. Like football is not complicated. You've got a team. You've got good individuals and not a great manager. He might be a decent manager, but the people he's com- competing with is never going to be successful. That's it. Full stop. End of sentence. That's it. Done. There's no more conversation. So the longer they keep doing this, it's not going to be successful. And it's just you get a new manager, then you keep hearing what is it with these buzzwords nowadays? Transition, rebuild. Honestly, I just fed up of it. Like Tuchel literally took Chelsea last year. Now, don't get me wrong. I know, but Chelsea, you could argue, with the same amount of money as well. And he won the Champions League with them. So it's like nonsense. Actually, nonsense, honestly. It's just, I feel like people like to use buzzwords to make it feel better that the team are underachieving because that's that's what it is. And as long well, as I want Ollie to stay for a long time, Ollie in, all the way. Well, I, I know United fans, um, I know loads of them, but there's one or two that are so fucking honest on what they say. And, and you know, 
They, they don't actually do the all in, all out thing. They just tell you as it is as they watch football because that's what they are, lads in the pub watching football. And they genuinely turn to me most weeks and say, I don't know what we're trying here. I don't know what we're trying. He said, you know, even at our best under Ferguson, you, you know, we counterattack. We know we're going to counterattack. From the early 90s, Kinchelska's gigs, they've done all that. We knew um, during the mid-2000s we dominate most games at Old Trafford from the very start get goals and just pen people in and you couldn't get out with, with, especially with Ferdinand back there and stuff like that but right now United fans are saying to me I just don't know what he's trying and he's literally just he's, he's winging it and seeing how far he can get but listen that, that's enough about United um, it just it just came up there um, in a super chat Sean I'm going to come to you because you know you, you've, you've, you've made a fairly plain that part of a shite right but I have a stat here and I wanted to use it and I'm not going to let you upset me so um, shot map versus Porto and we're just raining in shots from everywhere um, yeah. you know goals in front of goal goals around penalty spots a goal from 40 yards out but we're peppering them with shots and interestingly enough Shani the one thing that came out with this stat on the screen is the amount of shots we're taking from outside the box now it's a, it's definitely another another element to what we're doing because it's always something that me, you, and others have discussed over the last 12, 18 months. We don't shoot, we don't shoot from the outside of the box, but we're lashing in shots from everywhere, Sean. You know, and it's it's getting us goals, it's getting us opportunities. Yeah, big time. But I think that comes from having them. Um, I think that comes from sort of having a more attacking aspect in midfield now is you think like you think back to Genie. Genie never really shot outside the box for Liverpool and he was an ever present he played almost every game and then in that same system Henderson was never really that he always made late runs he did get a couple of goals but he his job was solely sort of to cover that right hand side and then you had Fabinho who loves a pop from from distance every now and again but the sort of a different dynamic now where you have Curtis now and you had Elliot who were more involved in attacks and in the tour in the the final part of the pitch, and it, I like to see it. There was a few moments last night where Henderson had a crack from free kicks, and that, because like the ticket, the, the saying is you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the raffle, Gab. You know, I'm a, we we do have relied heavily on the cross into the box, and sometimes a nice bit of combination play between the forwards. So it's nice to see us have that aspect of our game, like talking about Curtis Jones that time. I think we are we might have been on a midweek fix and I said that I actually could see him playing the very same role as yeah. Elliot in the Liverpool side. So I said it, but I thought he would have still been able to do it on the right side because for me, one of the most impressive things about Jones is that he's actually bow-footed. He doesn't seem to have a weak side. He can play off either side. So when you have somebody like him in your team, you see the fourth goal last night, he cuts in. He causes havoc, keeper spills it, and Ma was cleaning up. And that's exactly what you want. The funny thing is, we seem to score the most difficult chances last night <laughs> and instead of the easy ones not really falling for us. So even though we beat them 5-1 last night, there's going to be so many teams on the end of hiding from this Liverpool side coming in the next couple of weeks, I reckon, because we seem to be we seem to really have that balance. Apart from Brentford, which was the ding dong, where we do have them every now and again. Yeah, we have that. Those. Was a bit of a blip. Yeah, we have got those games, and I do think we we are starting to look like Liverpool again. And I listened to a lot of these so called experts talking today on Talk Sport, and you can tell that we're starting to come into the conversation now because they're like 
Liverpool are quietly going about their business and people are starting to pay attention to us now. And Simon Jordan turned around and said, they looked an easy touch last year when they lost all their main men. He goes, but they've got some real key figures back and they've got hungry young players all playing for Jurgen Klopp. And that's exactly what we need now, Gav, going into it. I know we're picking up injuries and a lot is being made about the injuries because of what happened last year. I think people are scared. I think as soon as one goes down, they're starting to panic and thinking that it's just going to snowball. But we're all within reason. We're doing well. I think I really, like to, last night was one of those games where Liverpool quite aren't at their best, but they absolutely wiped the floor with the opposition away from home. Yeah. And that's very much 19-20 Liverpool. There's so many different facets now to the game. We didn't struggle to create last night without Trent, which had been a problem for us in the past. When when Trent is out of game, we do seem normally seem to struggle. Whether that switch of play, the Robbo's not on, and that those balls across the box, and Milner enabled deputy. So it's all good, Gav. Um, I'd say here waxing lyrical for Curtis Jones, but I know we're on it. Can I can I do a bit bit, bit, a bit more, Gav? Oh no, you yeah, can. In one second, I'm going to give you a, a free round of Quarters Jones down in a minute. There's no worries. Um, but there the will kid be an is amazing. And there will be an the air horn going am- off. Yeah, the kid is amazing. He was being thrown to the wolves when Hel- Elliot came in. Everyone was going, "What are we going to do with him? Are we going to sell him? Those teams looking at him. Are we going to loan him out?" But look, I didn't. At, I didn't. I've been I've been emphasising that that people forgot game. how good he was last year. Um, but yeah, big time. He plays with such maturity Gav it, he's jealous he's one of them players that you watch and say I wish I could do stuff like that he makes the game look really really simple and what will, what I will say is for a lad who has been probably on the slight side he, he is only 20 he does seem to have a little bit more that car oh, strength yeah. about now he, he was bullying fellas off the ball last night in midfield yeah. and it can only be good for us long may I continue absolutely and, and when you see when you see him coming in and you're right. When Elliot was was flying, people are saying, "Oh, where, where will Curtis Jones get a game and stuff like that?" But I think what he's shown, and you're right, physically he's just getting better and better for me. Um, he's 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 a little bit dominating at times, where he's literally going fuck <laughs> off. You know what I mean? And he's he's literally pushing players away as if to go get the fuck away me. I have a game to play here. You know, like even your man running down the wing. Um, I think it was first half. Late in the fourth half, and he just literally swats him away. You know, when your man goes down, I think he gets a free, but you can see the strength in him, even when he's literally nearly bent over because of the way he has to turn. He is physical. I I don't think Liverpool are quietly going about our business at all. I think Liverpool are out there and they're absolutely going for it, and they're banging in three goals every week. I think they're being subdued by the media because that's what the media want to Liverpool to be subdued and hope it doesn't go right because we're back in, we're back in the territory for me of when Liverpool weren't quite great and God, well, like man. to see them get better and 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 then ultimately fail. I think that's what we're what, back in. What what I meant by that, Gav, is that everyone is talking about the evolutionary that Tuchel was last week and this City side without a striker and all of the narratives have been about everybody but Liverpool. And I like that. I actually prefer that. I'd rather get to Christmas with that way and then they go, oh, holy Jesus, look, these are still hanging around. These are... <laughs> It could all explode on Sunday because I reckon if we do beat Chelsea or City, which we'll get on to, there's going to be serious. <laughs> there's going to be people going, oh, no, not this again. And I really do feel like that because you could see you could see <laughs> the enjoyment people took from us dropping just the, the two points on Saturday against Brentford. And I'm telling you, I said it last week, loads of teams are going to drop points there. So 
it's good. It's good. Off. You're getting me giddy. I don't yeah, know if it's the Shani's nice research. Yeah, no, it's not it can, but I'm getting Shani's, giddy. Yeah, no, Shani's good at getting people giddy. Um, I, I genuinely, I just think, let them go about that business. And the, what we hadn't had, 1920 wasn't Mao's best year, if I'm being honest. And last year, he did pull us through the wire. Salah is on a mad one he's the best player in the world at the moment yeah. and I honestly think with him and your team you're not gonna like he's not gonna stop he's just relentless he is relentless at the moment so Sunday is you Johnny. actually I'm, I'm getting giddy for it now yeah, I, I can't wait for it Antio Chill with a super chat from a little while back and I better read it out he says give you another time they will sign Sancho in January um, <laughs> <just> <laughs> cool. um, that's the best super chat of the night well yeah. done well uh, done that's the best super chat Jamie um I know you want to talk a little bit about um, the man that is Curtis Jones, all right? And I'm just going to pop something up on screen there. It's pass map um, against Porto. You can see loads of passes, a few ambitious ones, a few shorter ones that don't quite happen. Assists all over the shop. I'd love to see his goal involvement rather than his assists because he was there. He only got two assists, I think, guys. Yeah, he's only given given, given two, yeah. Um, The one for Salah and the one for Firmino. Um, The shot comes off the keeper so he doesn't get, and then the defender so it doesn't happen for the first one. And the last one is the volley that bounces all around and and Firmino scores. But Jamie, (laughs) you see that, right? And you see where he's passing it, the positions he's in and the type of passes he's trying, he's getting assists. And I'm wondering, is it, you know, it's, it's definitely the player. It's definitely the player, Jamie. But how much has Jurgen Klopp allowed this? Because we were so used to a midfield tree where you, and we, it was functional was the word, was the was the word around it. Functional, functional, functional. You know, Henderson one side, Wijnaldum the other, Fabinho sitting there. We walk, 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 and we let the front tree and the fullbacks do their business. But you've seen in this season where we're allowing one midfielder, whether it be Elliot off that right-hand side or Jones or possibly Keita, or whatever, Thiago off that left-hand side, just be that little bit more adventurous, getting forward up the pitch. And I'm not I'm not saying runs late into the box, I'm talking about being active, actively part of the the front three, you know, actively part of that team, along with the front three and the full-backs, rather than being a supporting act. It's, it's funny, because whilst the, 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 the kind of functional midfield three were probably the bedrock of what our success was built on, there was always something labelled at that Liverpool team that if we just had that creator, if we just had that creator as part of the midfield three, particularly against, you know, 80% of teams sit in against Liverpool. You know, you don't really need a functional three against a lot of teams that we play against because we have so much of the ball. And I think you've see, you're starting to see now an evolution of what this Liverpool team would be, whether it be Harvey, whether it be Curtis. Liverpool, I think, you know, I, I think we look more balanced with more of a creator in there. Um, and Curtis Jones, you know, to talk about him a little bit, I, I never forgot that he, I didn't think for one second that he'd gone away from this Liverpool team. So he was a victim of circumstance for lots of different reasons, but the talent was always there with him. Harvey Elliott, you know, Klopp has built his, uh, his success and his squad. And I suppose the, the ethos uh, across the club on, if you get your chance, you'll keep your shirt. And Harvey Elliott took his chance and kept his shirt. And that probably pissed Jones off a little bit. And he thought, you know what, let me just give me my chance. Just give me my chance. And he took it with both hands. He's impacting the game. I think when he played a little bit last year, he was he was trying to be a saviour of a team uh, because we were without our spine. So he was having to play, a, you know, not his natural game. Um, whereas now he's playing with the, the, this Liverpool team that has its structure back. And what that means is 
Curtis Jones is able to play with a little bit more freedom. He's not having to cover as much space. Curtis Jones has the ability to be any type of midfielder he wants to be. Because if you if you sit back now and you say, okay, what do you want from a midfielder? You want a midfielder that's comfortable on the ball, is comfortable when pressed. Can they beat a man? Can they pick a pass? Can they score? Well, Curtis Jones can do every one of those things very, very well. He's 20 years of age and he's dictating the pace of a game in the Champions League. And let's be honest, he's done this. I think it was it Ajax away. Was it Ajax away that last season? Yeah, he's got, he's got the winner. Nico, Nico Williams cross. He scored the winner against Ajax. Yeah, 1-0 Anfield. Yeah, and so I think the thing with, with Curtis Jones is he has that swagger, that confidence in himself, but it was using, it, it's about using it in the right way. Not... not keeping the ball a little bit too long, sucking the life out of our, our, our attacks. He's now moving the ball. He's, he's setting the tempo. The big thing for me is if you look at the stats of when he's played for Liverpool over the, the, the last year or so, if we were to say we brought in a 20-year-old that had the same stats as Curtis Jones, it's not Curtis Jones now, it's someone from abroad, young, talented player. Bellingham. Liverpool fans. Bellingham. Yeah, anyone. You pick any... Well, geez... I, cut me right toe off for, for, for Bellingham to be fair but anyway you yeah. pick a name any player that has the same stats as Curtis Jones now and fans are going wild we've sound, signed an absolute worldie but because it's Curtis Jones he's not something that's you know si- you know a, a, an exciting shiny new signing it just gets lost a little bit and I think last night is, is a reminder to everybody of just how big his potential is and, and this guy is a Liverpool fan he's from Liverpool it's the it's the dream, you know. You see these homegrown talents coming through. It's another scouser in the team. He bleeds red. I couldn't be happier for that lad to be taking that centre stage. And Klopp's now giving him his flowers as well in in the in in the interviews. And it's telling. Klopp doesn't fill him with too much praise. I think he's. I read into that that maybe defensively, you know, he's got to get used to the way we play. Uh, you know, you, you, you can't always be about the, the, the flair stuff, but he seems to really have matured, not only in how he plays within our system, but also his decision-making on the pitch. And, and and I think he's going to go on to have a massive season for us. I, I really hope he does. And, and you know, that's what I'm putting anyone else down. You know, like if Harvey Elliott comes back in, for argument's sake, January, I don't know when he's going to come back, but let's just say January for, for the sake of the argument. If he comes back and we're sitting there and we're saying to ourselves, we've both of them. I'm not looking for one of them to be brilliant and then we just go, oh, the other one's unfortunate. I want both of them to be coming on the pitch and sharing games. and going. A long season though as yeah, well, Gav. It, it is a long season, but... I mean, we've had injuries already, Gav, you know what I mean? There'll be a lot in the future. Yeah, it's there, not going to stop. There absolutely will be, but I think sometimes we get into this where, you know, Elliot's great. Oh, poor Jones, what are we going to? He's not going to get a game. I, yeah, want, but that's, I, want, I want to be able to... That's, that's football now, Gav. It's yeah, but I, I want to see Johnny... What I want to see Stats is I want, comparisons, but wait, yeah, but that, I wouldn't compare. I want to see them both in the squad. And me, yeah, but that's you, only you saying to that. me, you saying to me, Elliot was brilliant for sixty, and Jones come on for thirty, and the next week they reversed it, and they're just flying the both of them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not really into it. Oh, one's in and one's out. It's a bit like yeah, you know well, when you sign someone. Oh, where is he going to play? Who's going to leave the team? Um, yeah, I just I'd love to yeah, see yeah, them both bang on it. No, yeah, no, I'm not. I can't. I couldn't. I had a massive eye infection. I couldn't open that my eye. That doesn't happen. Them conversations aren't being had at Kirby. Like everyone. No, no. I know that, but I'm just saying. I, I wouldn't even in even in a playing sense. I, I'd love to see them both absolutely bang at it, rather than one of them getting major alignment in game time. Just sharing it and going absolutely mental. Neither of them. Are, like Cordis is not long twenty. There's going to be plenty of time in the future, and that them fellas are going to be running the show for. 
for a very, very, very long time. We see the ability that both of them have, and you can imagine the two of them in the midfield. And listen, that learning, that learning day in, day out from one of the best to ever do it, and that's Thiago. You, you can rest assured that the lads are getting little tidbits from him and training that will stand for them for the rest of their future. So this, this is the. That's the squad of having world-class players around bearing fruits and a world-class academy because that's what we do have. And there's so many other players coming through now that so you don't always have to look out to look in. Like Everyone was going, me included, we need a midfielder, we need a midfielder. Then we saw how good Elliot was in there and now we have Jones coming in there. He was a forgotten man. Like Alex Jackson-Chamberlain costs us £25 million. He's not getting near this team at the moment and he's mm. fit. Yeah. So that would show you that we're in good stead. So... Long may I continue. Absolutely. Conroy, coming to you, um, just looking at the group itself um, with regards to, you know, we've we've six from six, Atletico get out with a, with a result last night um, and they have four and we play them in back-to-back games now and that, that'll shape, I think, the winners of the group for me. What are you looking for in these two games, Conroy? And I know it's hard to, kind of, you, lots can happen, league games, could be injuries, suspensions, whatever it could be, but what are you looking for them? Are you looking for, are you looking for four? <clears throat> Take yeah, four for me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not um, arrogant in the sense of we're not always great, especially against Atletico. So f- I'd be buzzing with four points from those games. I know. I just wanted to get, touch on what you said earlier, Gav. Um, I actually think it was great management as well last night to play a strong t- the same team and and to win because it's six points on, the, on on the board, and then you know you've got the Atletico double games coming up. Which let's be honest. He's probably thinking about the president against Atletico. We're not amazing against them. Apart that second leg at Anfield, we tore them apart, but we somehow, I think Bobby Firmino, yeah, couldn't, couldn't don't, finish don't his dinner. Go there. Don't break, yeah, don't, yeah, don't. But, the wounds but, are still but what open. Yeah, what I mean by that, I think we've put ourselves in a great position in four points. I think we can be realistic. We could be greedy for six, but I think if you get four points from those, those games, you're, you're close to just, you're, you're one foot, you're one and a half feet in the next round and maybe one point from, or one win from the last two and you're through. So I know what Gav had previously mentioned last week, Liverpool don't really do group stages easily. Last season was, last season was probably the first time we'd done that. So I, f- I feel like I'd, I'd bite your hand off for four points. I think that would be a, because I think, what's their new stadium called again? Athletic I was getting it. Yeah, I, I think it's a tough place to go and I, I do think, I've, I know we've had conversations with different people, some people dislike Simone, I think he's a, he's a brilliant coach, uh, a brilliant manager, so I feel like he knows especially how to, to stop us, especially at their home ground, so four points I'd be delighted with that. Can I just add Gav on the Jones as well, I'd said a couple of weeks ago, the only thing with Jones is when he came in the first team compared to the academy, now I know it's different, but... He just he was he was not shooting enough, or when he was shooting, he was he was making himself look like he was an average um, shot of the ball. And it's not; he's a very very good strike of the ball, and you can see it now. I think he, he has a shot for the goal last night. He also has another shot from range. You can tell he's, he's maybe his confidence on the part for striking the ball is improving as well. So I think that's great to see as well. Yeah, absolutely. And people, um, Luke Jackson agrees with you. He'd be delighted with four points. Um, others want six, but four seems to be um, four seems to be the with, with Porto drawing with Atletico in the first game, I think four is great, you know, because they've already dropped points in one of the games. Yeah, they, they're going to have to come at us. Like, oh, I think they, they will. I think they will in their home it's game. Not, it's, not a, it's not a knockout game against Atletico where they can kind of take you back home or bring you to Anfield. Like, it's points at, point at, at stake here, and they need them more than we do, so it could inhibit them. They haven't been actually that great this year. In the league, I think if struggle. they draw last night, Shawnee, that definitely is the case. But because they get the win last night, I feel like they probably would still take the point at home. But I, I hear what you're saying. 
they need to beat us in one of the games because yeah, I think, Mal- I think Milan, are, Milan and Porto are both going to be difficult games for them again. The, no, in the back side, yeah, yeah, and I think I think the fact that if we took four out of this next um, two games, leave it let go a little bit there for the taking, especially if the, especially if say Milan go and win their two or Porto more importantly go and win their two because they'd be on seven yeah. points then did he get it I, I can't see doing that but that, that's just me I just think they, they're inconsistent both of those teams but it might happen Milan were unlucky last night didn't they got a red card didn't they yeah quite early was sent off yeah but look four points I think seems to be the sweet spot um, Connor I'm going to stay with you um, and I want to move on to Sunday and Man City Um or what are we? Was, was, was on Sunday? I yeah, didn't know. The, the was seven, was I excited yeah. about the end? The seven there. Uh, well, Sean, you get you excited in a minute. Wait to see what the big rallying call he's going to do now in a few minutes. Um, he's typing it out on his phone there as we speak. Um, but Conroy, uh, I think it's our seventh league game, if I'm right. Yeah, seventh league game. And yeah, yeah. You know, we haven't, we've heard bits about it where it's, you know, it's a big game. It's, it's Pep and Klopp. And, you know, City have moved into second. Liverpool dropped points last weekend. And, or hearing stats about how many shots City are have faced this season and on target and stuff like that, and building them up a little bit. Um, but it's seven games in for you. Does this result shape anyone's season, or is it a case of it just makes us? It's just a statement, but it's not season defining. <clears throat> Don't think it's season defining. However, Chelsea game. 10 men for a half, we didn't get the win in that game. That sticks in my head and I feel like a loss against City at this stage is similar to that. However, it's not season-defining, but to be honest, we've just won 5-1. They've just got beat 2-0 of PSG, albeit they played quite well. Um, But I feel like that's two home games against potentially our rivals for the title. The second one against home, so that's two home games early against the rivals. So that means next, later on in the season, I can't remember the dates, you're going to have to be City away and Chelsea away. I feel like it's quite important that you win one of the home games against them. I've got to be honest, it's not a necessity. I, I just think it's important, um, especially not to lose. But for me, as Sean said, a win probably creates the media thinking we can win the league. But... I think it's a big opportunity, I've got to be honest, guys, with this week. If we beat City, people forget about the Brentford game. I already think the, the team's forgotten about it, but it becomes, is, oh, it's a good point now because we beat City. I think if we lose, they'll take confidence from that as well. I just, I think it's it's failed nicely with the Portal game and I, I think it's a huge opportunity. However, not season-defining, but it might give us the confidence to be like, we can, we've already got that mentality, but it maybe it will actually make it a reality that we can we can kick on and and just maybe blow teams away for the rest of the season. I think it's a huge game. I've got to be honest, guys. I don't know if you you think it's season defining. I would say at the moment, no, but important. Jamie, I don't think it's season defining. However, in my mind, if City were to beat us on Sunday, they go two points clear. I think right. And they've won at Anfield, and that'd be a huge thing for them. They won at Anfield last season. Stam- Stamford Bridge and Anfield, two in a row as well. Yeah, th- yeah, that's true. Yeah, but not without fans, though. Will you yeah, stop but, but no, but, the, but no, but they win. They win at Anfield last season, and that's a bit of a default. It, it's 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 a null and void one for me, Jamie, because of the situation we were in at the time. All right, but if they win, I think it's just a case of ah, oh, City, you know, that they're on that run again, and you know that's sort. Of, but I think if we win, Jamie. Not so much the media. How much does it affect Manchester City? And I know it's only four points if they lose it, but how much does it affect Manchester City where they go, 
fuck this Liverpool team are actually back. They're actually really fucking back. It's going to make me look stupid now because this could get clipped and shown if, if City mm. go on. So I, there's something in me. I think Pep's fragile. I think Pep's fragile and I think it runs through his City side. They couldn't believe their luck that they got to play Liverpool at an empty stadium last year. Playing Liverpool on Sunday, that will be a hotbed. The, the, the crowd will swallow them up and Liverpool will swarm them. And Pep has already seen the full power of Anfield. I think if, look, I, I don't think it's season defining for the exact reason that Chorney said before. I think a lot of teams will drop more points this season. I don't think you're going to get a runaway leader. So if we if we lost, which I don't think we will, I'm confident that Liverpool will, will win. Um, don't get me wrong, I think City are brilliant, but I also think Liverpool are brilliant. And we're going to be backed by a full Anfield, which gives us an extra t- uh, 10-20%. I think it could damage City. Uh, depending on how the game goes, you know, if it's a comfortable win for Liverpool, like, look, I think it's fair to say that either team could win this game comfortably by some margin. Anything could happen in this game because the teams are both so good. But I think it could damage City. I think it could damage Pep more than the players. Uh, I think it could get Pep starting to overthink things, which he has a tendency to do. And then that starts to filter through to his players. Um, if Liverpool steal a march... I, I think I think they'll take some catching. Um, but again, it, it's far so too early. I, I think it's just a chance for Liverpool to say, hold on a second, don't you be writing us off. We're not going anywhere. And to be honest, I fully expect Liverpool to go out and put on a performance. I think off the back of the Porto game, I think it's perfect. Um, look, it's it's not ideal. The trends probably... It, I've, I'm kind of thinking in the back of my mind is Jürgen pulling a bit of a fast one and they're being a little bit... Um, uh, I suppose you know a bit bit precautious in terms of uh, keeping Trent out of the Porto game and um, and and ultimately expect him to come in and play. Even if he doesn't play, I still expect Liverpool to have enough on the day to get it done. I think Milner has looked solid at fullback. Uh, he's probably not going to be as expansive as Trent. In fact, I think we've got some numbers that say it, you know he's he's still creating, uh, but he's probably will probably be a little bit more solid and against a City team who like to cheat in wide areas, maybe in the pockets, maybe behind a Trent who's looking to be expansive and get forward. Maybe that would give him a little bit more opportunity to maybe catch us. I think the one thing to say about this game is City will attack us. Um, Liverpool are good against teams that come out against us. Liverpool struggle against teams that don't come out. And Liverpool, the reason why, again, ignoring last season with no fans because it's not the same, the reason Liverpool have, dare I say, it had City's marker maybe better than most sides is because we're not scared of them. And if you can beat City's press, you can go right at their heart and they're a little bit fragile. Pep knows it. The players knows it and know it. And I think their supporters know it. And and I think Sunday, hopefully, we're going to see it again. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Like, we're six games in and I don't think you read too much into things. You know, in certain situations you do, like, you know, Norwich are brutal, right? You know that after six games. Um, you know, you look at teams and they're up near the top, you know, Brighton. I wouldn't read too much into Brighton, although they're playing fantastically well. I don't see them staying up there. Um, and when it comes to the title, um, I have Chelsea in there, I have us and I have City. I think they're the three most likely to win the league um, by a distance, in my opinion, right? But, Shani, when I look at this, I think back to 1920 and, and, and the weekend before we play City at Anfield, we're 1-0 down at Villa Park with eight minutes remaining and City are just gone ahead, I think, at home to Southampton. And we win that game 
And I always remember after going, I think we end up six points clear. All right. And the, the narrative going before we win is, oh, if City win at Anfield next season, they'd be level with Liverpool. The way results were going, we switch it around. Mane gets that winner and we go and we, we deal with them at Anfield and we go nine points clear. And for me, the league is over. And I know by looking at City players, the league is over. Now, four points is half that, less than half that. But psychologically, like Jamie says, how big is this psychologically? I don't think it's as big as psychologically on us, Johnny, as it is on them, whoever comes out losing. I don't know if you, if you agree, but I, I'm, I'm with Jamie a bit. I think they're living on the edge for me. And I think if something goes wrong for them in the league, I think they're fucked. And I think if if, if something goes wrong in the Champions League, the smallest thing, I think they could actually implode. Yeah, well, look, you can level many things at this City team. I still think that probably the only other team in the league who can string 12, 13, 14 wins together as long as ourselves. I think we're the only two 90-point teams in the league, even with this Chelsea. I don't, I, I'm not buying into the Tuchel thing. Not just yet, to be honest with you. But one thing that is never really talked about, City are actually quitters. They are quitters. That when they do go behind in this they the stomach seems to go, the heart seems to go real quick. And you need to you need to remember what was going on there in the summer. City were trying to kick players out the door to make space for ones to come in. And those lads are now expected to put in a shift and be full blooded for them coming into these games. Now Bernardo is a little bollocks. But He's a good bollocks. Yeah, but they tried to get him out. So how long is he going to stick the fight if they go behind it? He's human. He's going to turn around. It's like if your boss is giving you shit and a project goes to bits, you're not going to be in it for him. You're not going to want to pull him out of Moya because you're going to you're going to remember that this is the fellow that tried to get me out the door, tried to do me up. So we've got to go for the neck on Sunday. That's exactly what we have to do. No, I talked about Brentford being a ding-dong. Uh, let's make Sunday a fucking ding-dong. Let's have a slugfest with them. Let's go. Mm-hmm. They've no striker. They've no striker. I'm not I'm not worried about that wide men are very creative and they do get in and out. I'd back us to deal with them all day long. I would back us to deal with them all day long, to be honest with you. If Fernand Torres through the middle, they won't put KDB through the middle because they need him in the middle of the park for this game. Gabby Jesus... I don't see him giving Matip and Virgil too many problems. So this is our chance to say, okay, well, we're fucking here now. We're here again. It's us two. And it's always been us two. And this is the rivalry now in the Premier League. And we have our fans back. And you beat us last year when you weren't here, but they're fucking here now. And we have all our players back. We have all the big boys back. And let them create all these narratives you want. Because if we go at them, Gav, I am not sure that they have to go the deal with us and that's the truth and that's not a feeling that's going off what's gone on in the past they do give up they do quit and they have done that unless they're way out in front they do quit you seen they look dejected they look dejected you know? like you see Sterling last night you can't be bringing a fella in out of cold to play every four or five weeks and then playing him in the wrong position and expecting to do his job now they will be bang up for it but we have got to we should make Sunday a ding dong should be classic Liverpool and ding dong. And back goes back our defence to look after their forwards and our, our forwards to get at their defence. Because that's the way I see it. I really do think that we can get at this. I think it can be for the first time in a long time when we go into one of these games against the big six. Remember when Liverpool used to just take the game away from teams in 10 minutes? Bang, 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 one, two, three, and the game would be over. We've done that often against this, and they can be got at. I don't care who's ready. Yeah, so, I, 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 I do think. 
we should be fucking looking again to send a message here because all of the shit that's been talked about us and everyone else around us, well, we're back again. And it's as simple as that. We'll, we'll, cool. see, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, Jamie, I want to put up this up on screen with you. Um, that's the lineup I had in my head for Sunday. Um, yeah. Alison and Gaul, Milner, Mata, Van Dijk, Robertson, Fabinho, Jones, Henderson, Salah, Mane, Jota. Same as last night, actually. Um, are, you, are you good with that, Jamie, or is that you change? Um, yeah, I'd make a change for this game in particular. And uh, So a couple of things. So people have been mentioning in the chat, and, and I think they're right, we need to be clinical in, in this game. And Sam Maguire sent us a text um, as the show was going on saying Manchester City have only conceded one goal, or they haven't conceded a goal actually since the, the opening weekend of the Premier League. So they're solid. I don't, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think any team is creating the volume of chances that Liverpool are creating this season. Um, I, I think us and City are, are out in front and I think that's where the game is going to be It's going to be decided. And for me, with that in mind, whilst I'm a massive Jota fan, I think I'd actually start for uh, Firmino uh, in this game. And the reason why I'd pick Firmino... I really enjoyed his cameo last night and it kind of it, it made me think of, of, of what Bobby is. And in a game against somebody like City, his ability to keep the ball, fire it in, make it stick. You know, there's going to be periods in that game where Manchester City may be building up ahead of steam, keeping the ball. The fact that he is one, yeah, a pressure machine, Jot is the same. But the one thing that Bobby has got is this ability to bring others into play, take the sting out of a game. You can fire it to him in, in, in any way, which shape or form, and he'll make something of it. Um, and I just think against City, I think that could be really worth its weight in gold. Um, you know, you're always going to get the output from the wide men in and around him. You've got Curtis that's going to be more offensive in the in the midfield three. So I just think Bobby could be a, a good a, a, a good change. And I, I think I prefer the idea of Jotter off the bench as an impact player, given how the game could potentially go. You know, if you're looking at that and it's nil-nil at 60 and you think, do you know what? Let's bring Jota on. That's a whole new problem for City to to think about as opposed to the opposite, which would be Bobby's ran himself into the ground. Uh, uh, Jota's ran himself into the ground for 60. Then you bring it on for me. Now, does it have the same impact? I'm not so sure it does. So, uh, yeah, I'd go the exact same as you, but for me, you know, for Jota. Okay. Um Quick early predictions, last because I want to go on to winners and losers. Um, Shawnee, quick early prediction on Man City uh, traveling to Liverpool on Sunday. 3 1 Liverpool. Nice. See, Shawnee has just gone now. Where do you see the chat go, mad? Some fella, um, some fella, I think, has an erection because of the way we're talking about this game on Sunday. So we leave. Did somebody mention Thiago? Did they? <coughs> no, probably be some, me that. Um, somebody <laughs> just said um, they're really, really um, excited now. So there you go. Uh, Conroy, uh, quick prediction. I think um, we do concede, so I think it'll be a 2-1 Liverpool. 2-1. Jamie? 3-1 to Liverpool. Jeez, 3-1 is, is thing. I think <coughs> I'm going to go 3-2 Liverpool. I'm going to go 3-2 Liverpool. I think that, I think it's, I, I agree with Sean. I think this could start off cagey and then it could just go fucking insane. See, um, I don't think it will start off cagey. I don't think it ever does against City because even nah, when we won 3-1, City, City had missed three chances and then Fabinho if, scored. So if, like, it's not always us, but Pep, one of us kicks off quite, quite yeah, fast. Yeah, but Pep has done it before where he's come and to Anfield and he's literally tried to stifle us. Yeah, and the 0-0 no, no, when Mahrez missed the penalty. Yes, yeah. and he tried to stifle us and he, he done a good job of it. But I'll take us one thing, I think. One thing and, and it'll go. Um, James LFC... Is uh, he's on five one Liverpool 
Um, I'm <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, he won't be being blue. He's he literally used to. These were saying that you were going to change kit colours because you couldn't win in the blue kit away. Most days, these have a hoodie at Anfield when there's fans there. Don't forget that. Don't it is one for you, lads. It, it is one for you. If you remember the game, uh, it was at the Essie had and Klopp threw a fucking googly at Pep and started the front foot four mm-hmm. and City absolutely shit the bed for 20, 25 minutes. Do you think Klopp could do something like that and be ballsy and, and throw the, the front four on? Or do you... That didn't work though, Jamie, because well, I thought the front four weren't very good. But I, 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 thought I, we were out, I thought we were outstanding. In that City game, I thought the first... The 1-1, one, one, I, I thought Jota was pulling that up. That just, each their own, but I thought he played Bobby Firmino because he was his son. That's why I played him in that game, because Firmino didn't deserve it, but... I think he just sticks. I get what you're saying, but I think uh, let's not talk about overthinking. That's what Pep's great at. Maybe let's keep Jurgen Klopp just sticks with four three three and it works. He's, but... he's, def- he's definitely playing a midfielder up front. Pep. He's <laughs> well, who else is he? Got? He's yeah. not got a striker. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, he has. Jesus. With right wing now, doesn't he? With right wing now. We'll have to wait and see. Right, winners and losers. Jamie, I'm going to come to you first. Um, yeah, I'm, going to, I'm going to let each of you give your winners and losers. We're going to fly through these. We have <laughs> we have 12 minutes to get through these, and then the air horn is going to go off, and we're all going to go to bed. So yeah, No, I've got to watch uh, Married at First Sight UK. Oh, no, you, there's always something you have to watch. Got to go well, watch that. So, uh, yeah. so okay. who's your winner? Or loser, no, loser first. Loser is, um, so my loser is Robbie Savage. Uh, and me, me, me reason is, and you actually nearly made me change mine because I didn't realise this interview was from uh, twenty twenty. Uh, Jamie, Jamie's held on to that grudge. He's not letting that go. You know, <laughs> that no, do you know what it, you know it was, right? <laughs> so Robbie Savage, and it, it's obviously done the rounds again now because obviously Mo Salah's brilliant and and Sancho hasn't set the world alight. But it was Robbie Savage, and it just it highlights for me, I suppose, the um, the way the punditry's gone these days. Play into the gallery. Um, and Robbie Savage basically said, look, if you were to pick a player now to play on the right-hand side of your team, who do you pick, Mo Salah or Jadon Sancho? And Mo Sa- uh, and, and Robbie Savage turned around and said, Jadon Sancho. And when when questioned about the decision, because it's a, it's a ballsy decision, his response was, it's my opinion, just my opinion. Yeah, no, just my opinion. There was no facts, there was no reasoning, there was nothing behind it. You fast forward that now and you look at just how idiotic that statement is Mo Salah's now eight goals from eight games, I think, two assists. Jaden Sancho's a brilliant player, but he hasn't set the world alight in Manchester United. Mo Salah, I think Shawnee said it before, in my opinion, is currently the best player in, in the world. Uh, I think he's I think he's an outstanding footballer who delivers in every single game that he plays and consistently has been arguably the best player in the Premier League for a very long time as well. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to highlight the uh, idiocy of Robbie Savage's claim, and I'm delighted that it couldn't be uh, further from the truth. So, Robbie Savage, you are my loser of the week. My winner of the week is uh, Emile Smith-Rowe. Emile Smith-Rowe, simply put, I I just really like watching him as a footballer. I really enjoyed watching Jack Grealish before he went to Manchester City. Now it's a little bit harder to to enjoy his performances. So I'm going to enjoy Smith Rowe for a while because I don't think Arsenal are going to be a threat to us. So, uh, I just love the, his backstory. I love the way he plays the game. You know, we talk about, um, you know, these young players who are comfortable in possession, the likes of a Foden, the likes of a Grealish. He's from that ilk. He's taken on responsibility at a young age. He got a goal and assist against the bitter rivals, Tottenham. And I think, you know, consistently he's getting man of the matches coming out of his ears now at Arsenal. And, and, and he's just a, a player that, 
that makes me enjoy watching football. And uh, yeah, they're, they're few and far between these days. So he's my winner of the week. Nice one. Um, I really enjoyed watching watching him play the weekend as well. As horrendous as sports were, um, he was he was brilliant. In fairness to him, his movement and for the goal, um, his movement for Aubameyang's goal, he, yeah, he, it was class. Absolutely. And, and, and actually, when I watched him on Sunday, I could see why Aston Villa had a really good look at him and a really good goal for him when they knew um, Grealish was leaving because he's very, very, very like him. Um, the way he plays, but um, Villa, yeah. Villa were meant to have put in a third. We're after Jones as well for around thirty million, supposedly. Yeah. Curtis yeah. Jones, and you can see why the type of profile that they've both got. Yeah. Now, Conroy, winners and losers. Loser first place. <coughs> a loser. Um, I went for uh, Leeds. Um, we actually had Joe on. Was it last week? Yeah. Yeah, and it was um, a good conversation. But I know actually Leeds. They played reasonably well at the weekend. Rafinha. Since his disaster class against Old Trafford, he's actually came in a bit of form, played well, scored again. But losing the last minute to West Ham, they're currently 18th, I think, Leeds. Very poor start to the season. And even when they're playing well, they're not getting results. And now it's, um, I wouldn't say quite worrying times, but I mean, from what they had last season, especially ending that season to this start, I gave it a few weeks because sometimes you can have a bad start. And But that where they are now, that's as, um, six games in. I don't think they'll go down or anything like that, but yeah, their, their form's not been good at all. Not even got a win yet. So they're my loser of the week. Okay. And um, who is your winner of the week? And I think this, I know who your winner of the week is, so you're going to tell <laughs> me. But I think this might be popular, this one. Yeah, I think so. So it's, it's still, I thought you were putting a big sign up there, yeah, Gab. No. Yeah, so my winner of the week is, um, um, uh, what is it, the, the Bob Marley song, I Didn't I didn't Shoot the Sheriff. Um, <laughs> last night, I mean, I don't know if you saw the goal. I mean, they would have taken a tap-in or an own goal or anything to, to beat uh, Real Madrid at the Bernabeu in the 88th minute or 89th minute, but left foot strike, what a goal it was as well. Uh, outstanding result. Uh, unbelievable, probably just like surreal. It is just surreal. Um, to beat the 13-time champions of um, the Champions League, meet Real Madrid. Unbelievable. And I saw, he is a Liverpool, he'd probably say, a cult hero. Uh, Dirk Coyte was in a, a studio and he went, teams like uh, FC Sheriff getting in, it's, it's you know, it's they're not good enough to be here. It was, it was, it was all of those words, you know, it's not, it's the, it's the Champions League, it's about the champions, but really, not not what are they going to do? <laughs> beat Real Madrid at Bernabeu. Unbelievable. Even the fact that we're winning, see if they'd lost 2-1 or drew 1-1, that would have been surreal. The fact of one in the eighth minute, I mean, Real Madrid could have been my losers just for that, to be fair. They did batter them, but who cares, man? What 2-1, unbelievable. That'll You talk about that in 50 years' time. Unbelievable. Do you, know, do you know what it is as well? You know when you're a kid, or, well, even now I'm 36 and I still do this, when you play football or you imagine like that moment when the ball drops to you, the goal was that. You know when it just gets headed to the edge of the box and it's kind of coming to you on the half volley. It's so like, sweet. It's so it sweet. It's so sweet into the top corner. Oh, it was absolutely brilliant. And, and the, the coaches all Roy were Roy diving Roy on Roy the Roy the Rover stuff, exactly. So it was. No, but it was, it was just, just before we go on as well, I don't know if the lads want to add anything to that. I just wanted to have a shout out as well to, um, obviously I'm from Scotland, Scottish football. Um, there's a manager, Dundee United manager. Now he beat Rangers in the second, first or second game of the season at Tanadice with Dundee United. His name's Tam Court or Tam Courts. And then he drew, he drew a Celtic at Parkhead there 1-1. He's won three games from his first, first five or six 
thinking about six and now doing really well. But I have to give him a shout out because if you ever get the chance, guys, watch his post match interviews. And it's it's all about the terminology he uses, and it's like it's like a a word dictionary every day, new phrases, rejuvenate, you know, like it's just it's outstanding. So if anyone gets the chance Tom in the Courts. chat, check it out. It's very very Tam Tam Courts outstanding. Tam. Okay, well, I'm going to check out Tam Courts and his uh, <laughs> post match interviews. Um, they sound a bit Brendan Rogers to me. Um, if he's using loads of words, to be honest with you, oh, uh, it's very Shani, good. It's very good, Shani, um I, I was hoping your winner would be like everybody piling in everywhere on Sunday because you were just literally you have the place in uproar here about the game on Sunday. But um, we'll start with losers. <laughs> um, who is your loser of the week, Shani? Uh, Bruno Fernandez. Of course it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. look at that. Yeah, I don't even need to say anything. <laughs> just, just silence. Let's give silence fella, for five minutes instead of that. <laughs> the fella is writing my words and J J Bleed J K Rowling after he missed the penalty. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, what is going on? And the best part was that you can even tell that like these United le- legends are absolutely sickened by what's going on at United at the moment. They can't even hide from anymore. Imagine him doing that when Roy came as the. Yeah. You would have gave him a wedgie and flushed his head down. The worst part, Sean, the worst part is apparently it's it's not him who's who's is who's written it. It's he's yeah. He's, come on, comes, and then United, you know, it, you know made a post where oh, we're all with you, bro. Like the fella didn't die, he missed the fucking penalty. <laughs> no, like, yeah. like it's laughable at the moment, and you know what? It's kind of an indictment on the state of football at the moment. That hundred percent, yeah. It's gotten like this, you know what I mean? Like, you'd rather them see you go out and back it. And I wouldn't mind, he was brutal tonight. So it didn't mean much, you know what I mean? I know he got the result, but it's absolutely, <laughs> it, it's, it's so, it's so, so small time. It's so everything. It's so not Manchester United. I can't believe what's going on there at the moment. It's, like, it, it's actually like, I'm so, statements I'm empty. Remember uh, the in between is oh sorry sorry I missed the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what the so thing right. is right when I seen that I thought it was a wind up right and I've seen a couple of people do follow on wind ups which are really good but I was looking at that going that's something you'd expect to see on say Facebook right do you know and someone like someone you, loses their horse on. in the village the week before christmas and it's like oh my god i've lost my horse yeah. and then people are calling out yeah all right and dm me and dm me and if there's anything like, i can do 104 exactly, comments i was literally like, looking you know. at going i could replace bruno fernandez right with please someone, share please someone share in the, someone please in share. the local yeah someone in the local <laughs> village right and i could replace the penalty with the horse being lost a week before Christmas and people just coming on and giving that sort of, which I'm with you I'm all listening to this like, you know what I mean that's, you know what? What I it, that's what I thought it was it's like the, do you ever hear like the butterfly effect if Klopp doesn't moan about them not getting penalties, Solskjaer doesn't come out midweek not giving out about Klopp they get a penalty in the 90th minute and then this fella's writing Rodan novels on the bleeding internet because he hasn't absolutely missed the last minute it's like, absolutely it's, insane like it's it's absolutely it's unbelievable, and you can imagine because we know what you know about like on that Ferguson. and they were a gang of fucking, they were animals, but in the right way, they were proper winners. You can imagine all them looking at that going, "Holy Jesus! <laughs> like what is going on here?" Yeah, imagine, like yeah. we are, we were laughing. Like imagine Roy Keane doing all that stuff now for Sky, where the player walks up to the camera and does that. Like yeah. you'd be told what the fuck off. <laughs> so, you can just super superimpose my face onto someone there. <laughs> So yeah. off off the back of um, Bruno Fernandez being the loser of the week, the winner of the week is obviously a shiny, isn't it? Yeah, it's it has to be Emiliano Martinez. I can't 
I can't for the life of me remember someone stuck rising so much after a big move. Like he was, um, he was brilliant for Arsenal in that FA Cup run, and then they sell him and they keep Leno and they sign Ramsdale who's done. But this fella is genuinely one of the top. I think he's in the top three goalkeepers in the league. I think he's probably mm-hmm. just behind that. I think he's absolutely brilliant. You can see that mentality he's brought to even Argentina. And the, he's a shithouse. He's a proper shithouse. The best version of a shithouse as yeah, well. And he just backs himself a million percent. He's going off telling Ronaldo, you take the penalty because he's going to miss it. You take the penalty because he's going to miss it. And you can tell. And mm-hmm. this is just goes on the other one. Bruno normally does this hop, skip, and a jump. He bleeding, sends the thing into the Yeti had from the spotlight. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, he t- and then he turns around and starts giving a little uh, a little hip thrust to the strep for the end. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? So how can you tell me not this fella is not winner of the week? He's an absolute legend. And I tell you what, <laughs> Ireland never qualify for the World Cup. And I'll be celebrating Argentina for two reasons. <laughs> One, because of Leo Messi. And two, because of that fucking hero was in the net. Yeah, he's so good. <laughs> he, um, and like the videos of him, the video of him um, right from behind the goal, and literally it's a fella about ten feet from um, recording on his phone, and he's just there dancing away. And I was like, he literally, oh, fucking he literally had Bruno Fernandez getting letters off his mouth for the teacher. That's literally <laughs> he what did, he had. He did. I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. <laughs> anyway. he, he had he had Bruno Fernandez leaving the WhatsApp group there, one hundred percent. He, so, he oh, had him totally yes, rattled, he did. didn't he? He left the WhatsApp group and then stuck the thing up on Instagram and like. <laughs> I'd say Bruno went, went home to his gaff and Martinez is in the bed with his missus I'd say just waving in the window at him yeah. but uh, no listen it was absolutely um, it was absolutely brilliant I have to say uh, that and the, the way he done it saving a penalty and, and dancing grand but the way he's going up and he's standing around the penalties but, and then for Solskjaer to come out and go I wasn't happy the way people were surrounding the ref there was more United players around the ref there was more United players around the ref than there was uh, Villa once which is unbelievable and all the keeper was doing was asking for Ronaldo to take is he remembering the team he was in honestly this uh, is he's just, very rattled he's very I've rattled got, oh, he's, I've got no time for this sh- sh- whisper it lads because they are listening and they will oh. get rid of him if it keeps up and no. they got the win tonight so let them run yeah, last week job. they were saying was it mind games that he said Klopp was winning the penalties mind games the guy just got beaten the league cup beating the Champions League and he just missed a penalty the guy's you, rattled you honestly you don't need to look too much into what adds and it's not even like he's just not a good manager and no, it's as simple no. as that it is that, that's all there is to it, it is. And, 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 and he's he's in a position there for me where I think the owner's are, are happy with him and that's that's the hardest nut to crack when the owner you know the, unless the, none of the, the you're not going to get all the supporters coming out and go out 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 it's just not going to happen um, but with the owners are sticking by him it, it's going to be a hard nut to crack um, in order to get rid of soldier unless things go wildly wrong over the next while which they could but you never you never know um, come on Gav who have you got I don't have any winners or losers this week. Uh, stop that. Because Arsenal, Arsenal won. Arsenal won. No, so I didn't. Um, I if I was to pick losers of the week, um, Tottenham are the losers of the week for me. Like, just, <laughs> just not London with you, isn't just, it? Just <laughs> I'm not allowed into London. You, fucking, you know that um, charge they have on cars? They charge me extra to go in there now at this stage. Um, the Spores were horrendous at the weekend. And, and, and I have to say, like Arsenal... Um, Arsenal were good. Arsenal played well. They looked solid enough. They, they attacked quite well. And, but they didn't have to do any more than that because of how bad sport. I'm literally looking at sports and I'm going, the manager is trying to do something with that 
group of players that does not suit them one way at all. Um, there's no confidence in them. If you if you don't fancy yourself against a midfield of Partey sitting deep, um, along with Jacket and Odegaard, and you don't think you can play football or outwork them, there's something seriously wrong with you. And he didn't. He tried to play long, and Arsenal loved it. Um, and then you have that main I just, man. I thought you'd have gone Kent. Yeah, big Harry. No, that, then you have that main man that um just doesn't look interested because it's still in my opinion he bottled a transfer during the summer um, to protect his own ego and instead of looking forward in his career and going he protected his own ego and his own thing and he, he, he's taking shots from 40 yards out when when Spurs needed to settle down pass the ball move it get some confidence he's taking the ball and he's shooting from 40 yards Spurs are most definitely the losers of the week being already uh, hindsight there on that one Gav like that's just one of them things where Every single party involved in that apparent deal has lost out now because yeah. Kane has lost out, Spurs have lost out, and City have all lost out. And to the end, it will only be to the detriment of uh, uh, Spurs' season and probably Nuno's job, which is actually the worst part because the fella's a dead man walking before he got gone. Yeah, it's, it's just, but even the, even the style of play, like if he came out and tried to attack. And use those players in the way they've been used in the past, and and try make them a little bit more solid at the same time, or a little bit more streetwise. If he still was losing games, you'd say, you know what, he's trying to do something with them players, and it'll come good. But it's just like what he's trying to do against what that sports side and that squad in particular was built for. It's black and white. What he's trying to do, it's absolutely insane. What he's trying to do, like it's, he has um he has the guy at at the base of midfield, um Heiberg, who's a very good player, and he's just bypassing. And then what he's doing is, <clears throat> he's launching the ball up the pitch towards Kane, who's a good in the air. Mora, not a chance of winning a lot in the air. And Son, who wouldn't be amazing in the air. He's launching a them three, and then he has his midfielders pushing on, and the ball's going in behind them, because they're not winning the header. And then they're being absolutely and utterly exposed, right? But uh, uh, in a defence, that is just appalling for me. Like appalling. Like Regalon started well. I think he's, I don't rate him. Um, I, I've been watching him a while now. I just got, I don't know what people seeing him. Um, but that's losers of the week. Winners of the week. Um, Brentford, for me. Um, yeah. you know, as much as we went on about Liverpool on Sunday night and what what he did do and what he didn't do well. Um, to see a team come up and not only play to their strengths, but be clinical while they're doing it I really not enjoyed it because it was against Liverpool but I, th- I walked away in the game going do you know what fair play to them because I oh, hammer Norwich and the reason I hammer Norwich is because Norwich tried to play their way refused to go away from me <coughs> are naive and will go down whereas Brentford have come up and play their way do go away from me and actually look to expose things in a different way and done it against Liverpool and fair play to them so Brentford for me Um so yeah I didn't pick any but there's two for you um, I'll pick some next week properly how was that Um Shawnee, anything else before we go? No, just no? enjoy the football. Simple right. as that. Shawnee will be live it. on um, Saturday evening on the LFC Day Trippers with a rallying call. Um, <laughs> it'll, probably, it'll probably be an audience with Shawnee and people will be absolutely running through walls. People will be running through fast. walls around the gaff um, come <laughs> Sunday morning after Shawnee's... Um, Johnny's in the pre-match at seven AM. He's starting a live stream yeah. for it, so he'll just be going yeah. straight, straight along through. the canal, running along the canal, just shouting, fucking. Right, stuff. GoPro, GoPro, people going absolutely mental. Um, Conroy, anything else before we go? Um, no, 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 not for me. Good. I think we covered everything. Good. And Jamie, anything else before we go? 
no tip of the hat to you though for uh, for managing the times and the agenda way better than I, what I would. It'd be quarter to twelve, and we'd just be getting to winners or losers. So fair, <laughs> fair play to you, mate. Uh, look, I, I didn't get to do me the air horn, um, which I was a bit disgusted by because you were very good at the time. But um, just do it now. Just do it now for. Oh, no, I'm not doing it now. I'm not doing it. I like the element of surprise. But I have been in contact with a couple of people about doing some um, sound clips for us. So instead of having air horns, we'll just have people randomly shouting stuff <laughs> at us um, when, when the things... They, and the rule would be, when that noise goes off, we have to stop talking about what we're talking about and move on. So um, we'd be getting two minute warnings. You're taking the piss? No, that's a real thing. No, that's I, a real thing. That. That's I a real thing. We're going to have we're gonna have two minute warnings and then like after the two minutes, somebody, um, a recording is going to come on with someone just shouting like, move on or whatever it might be or working on it and um, we're trying to make it as fun as we can um, just to stop us running into tours on this show to be prepared because it actually is that good a show we could just keep going and going and going um, but we have to try to limit ourselves because we have to do loads of work after this before we go to bed well I have, um, have last yeah. thing before I go though um, Sienna Steps they're over 100 grand They've 18,000 left to go. Um, the last couple of weeks has been unbelievable with the amount of fundraising that's gone on. I know there's so many organiz- organizations that have been involved. It's um, It's been unbelievable. There's 18,000 left. And I know a lot of people will look at that and go, ah, the 18,000, they'll get that. You know, ah, they should, should want to get that. No, just keep committing to sharing it, um, you know, donating, sharing the link, whatever it might be, sharing it around with your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram, amongst friends, wherever it might be. And look, she's going away in about a month and she's going for, away for five or six weeks. Everything she goes away to has to be paid for and every single bit of treatment when she comes back has to be paid for. They've paid for the treatment and that's only half the money covers the treatment. You know what I mean? So it's um, the other half is actually for staying over there, living in America for five weeks and paying for rental accommodation and whatever it might be and getting our to and from facilities. And then, of course, coming back um, to Dublin and being looked after. And obviously the, the goal is to get this done in November and have her going to school the following September where she can, as um, we've always said, walking into school with the rest of our friends as anybody else should do. Um, so make sure you please, please, please go and donate that when the next international break comes we're going to do some sort of show where we're going to be on for a number of hours having loads of fun talking about whatever we feel like having whoever wants to come on can come on having a bit of crack and literally we're going to have people on screen and a link where you just go and donate so we're going to try to do that in the next international break Andy and his big chat might have to be moved aside for that um, unfortunately um, just don't tell Andy I haven't told him um, but that has been the midweek fix thanks a minute to Jamie thanks a minute to Conroy thanks a minute to Shawnee as I said if you need fucking drum enough for this game DM Shawnee in some way and he'll um, he'll do a voice now 60 seconds and he'll be absolutely <laughs> punching the head off things come Sunday or about two. I'm gonna be just down, I'm just gonna be down outcries on OnlyFans. It's gonna be 20 euros a month. You don't have so to pay for the month, you just it's a 24 hour subscription. So you get it at like six o'clock, you get it at three o'clock on Saturday afternoon, it ends at three pm yeah. on Sunday afternoon. And, and if you want to tip me. If you want to tip me, I might even do it in me jocks. You know, yeah. and I'll be all right. I just he might even show you more of that tree behind him. Someone says you had your Christmas tree up early this year, but there's, 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 there's history to that tree. Um, I think Sean, he said if we get Sienna to 120 grand, he'd give that tree away. Did you say that, Sean? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm like Moses looking into the born and bush there with that thing. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> I wait for the police to turn up and go. Listen, can we have a whiff of that and actually see what that fucking is? You're grown. Um, but we've established that's my key and it's plastic, haven't we? 
Yeah, look, well, I hope it is because I haven't watered in about two years. Still <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Uh, people listen to this download are going, what the fuck are they talking about? Shiny has a big tree in the sitting room, basically. Um, but listen, that's it, definitely. That's being the midweek fix. Um, tomorrow is carnage. Friday is sports unplugged. Um, day off on Saturday, pre and post match Sunday, along with the Fatback Four. We have a women's show coming out um, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Make sure you check that out. Um, Chris has his, his monthly show out. He has Neil Atkinson, Philippa Smallwood, and um, Emma Sanders. Is it Emma, Emma Sanders? Yeah. yeah. So they're out at 10 a.m. tomorrow, the pre recorded show. So there's loads and loads and loads going on. And uh, make sure you go and check them out. All right. Good luck. Sports Social Podcast Network.